Hey gang, welcome to episode 98 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This week on the show, we have Justin Fix and Daniel Montgomery of The Willows. You might know them better as uh, some of the creative forces behind Creep LA, which is this um, deliciously macabre haunt that happens during the spooky season. Well, they are now back with a year-round show, The Willows, which is, imagine sort of a indie film version of The Addams Family. It's just a little a little creepier on the emotional side. Uh, and uh, I think you might start to have a kind of an inkling of what it's about. We're going to talk to them about the creation of the show in a little bit here. But first, we've got some other things to talk to you about First is um, who the show is brought to you by. It's brought to you by you. I'm, I'm looking at the other camera, the imaginary camera. I do this every time. Uh, the show is brought to you by you. Backers like you on Patreon. Patreon.com slash no Um, We are forging new territory in the campaign. And this weekend, I'm going to go and, and, and modify a few things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to alter the bargain and pray I don't alter it any farther. Um... We're getting some great help around the planet right now. Uh, folks who are coming on and willing to help Novercinium be even better than it already is. And it's pretty good right now. I think we can all agree it's pretty good. Um, Got to have some bright spots in our lives. Um, anyway, the point is this. No one should have to pay for the privilege of writing for a publication on the internet. So what I am attempting to do with a Patreon in the next phase is to cover some of the hard costs of the writers who come in and review for us. Um, to do that, we need a bit of an operating budget there. So if you've been sitting on the fence and wondering, well, why should I give Noah a dollar? Well, you're not just giving me a dollar. You're giving everyone who, well, not everyone. Uh, no, I'm kidding. You're giving anyone who writes for the site the chance to win a dollar. Um, it's going to kind of be a little bit like that. No, um, it costs gas money or lift rides or the subway or all all the things that that it takes to get to and from and around the shows. And when we're a pirate army, which is what we are, uh, that means that folks are paying out of pocket in order to go out there to the weird thing that you're not sure you want to go to and tell you whether or not it's worth your time. So if that's a service that you like having, go to patreon.com slash no drop us a dollar a month. That's just $12 a year uh, for this wonderful, wonderful programming. Next up, Nova. Um, it is like that. This is the world I come from. Um, you can always drop more. I do not mind when you drop more. It definitely helps. Because right now, as you know, for mm, about half the show now, we have not had a sponsor. Uh, because we're we're a, a tight-knit community. And, and frankly, Squarespace, they don't think we're worth it. Aww. But you know we're worth it. So get those dollars out. All right, that's enough of that. Um, let's talk about something totally upbeat. Uh, everything immersive. Everything immersive. Yes, it's true. I hear that almost every time I open up Facebook these days. Um, and no, it's not why I named it that. 
that was <laughs> I named it because it was an accident how I named it. Uh, like no proscenium was an accident. All the names are accidents. It's whatever fits in the Googles. Um, 768 members as I uh, blather to you on a Friday morning. That's pretty cool given that we're only five weeks old with this thing. Um, fantastic. Tell your friends, keep it coming. Uh, help people out in there. People will drop like, hey, I'm going somewhere and can I get some recommendations? Please help them out. Uh, don't wait for me to do that. Uh, we're going to update the rules pretty soon. Mike Fontaine of My Haunt Life, who is helping me administrate everything immersive, uh, we were talking about what do we do uh, when there's like a flood of reviews on a single day, and like how are we going to handle that? So we're gonna we're gonna put some structures in place for those of us who are amongst the reviewer class, um, so that people can find the reviews easier, and so that there aren't like seventeen posts about one show. Do when you post about a show anywhere, okay, okay, okay. I need you to tag it. So, you know, you can just put like the name. So like NYC or New York City or Chicago or Los Angeles. If you want to hashtag it, that's great too. Put that at the top. Have to be like the first thing in the lines that you write because there's a lot of posts and people need to uh, skim through. You know, maybe somebody doesn't want to read about a city that they're not in. All right. Boom. That's that. News and notes. Notes on what we published this week. We got a lot has come out this week. Uh, we got a twofer from Juliet Bennett Ryla, uh, who reviewed The Willows for us. That's the show we're talking about today on the show. Uh, also, she did uh, this. This there's a little pop up going on in Los Angeles um, that kind of stirred up on Instagram as as some of the stuff uh, often does. Uh, called Infinitely Dinner Society. Now they're they're aiming towards like a big experience, but um, well, uh, a, a, like like a full evening length dinner thing. Um, they have a, sort of a limited supply of of people that they can work with at a given time. So they've got an interesting structure going on. But they decided to do sort of a, a prequel, if you will. A series are calling Midnight Snacks. And so uh, they did a little pop-up performance for like nine people in Hollywood this week um, centered around a donut and a story. Uh, Juliet went and did it. She did a write-up on it. You can find that at the Medium Collection. It's very been a very popular read. Um, it's it's one of, one of the most popular reads we did this week. Uh, why? Because it's it's something strange and, and no one knows what it is. And everyone wants to know what it is and read Juliet's piece and you will know what it is. Our buddy Daron came through and reviewed Johnny Three from the Speakeasy Society for us. It's a fantastic write. I'm kind of jealous. It's it's Daron's first run as a reviewer. Dude's a filmmaker, so I shouldn't have been shocked. Like, dude, dude worked on Fast Eight. Um, so you know, man has a mind, and uh, it, sh- it shows off in this review. So if you've been wondering if you're out of town or, or, or if you're, you're on the fence, read his Johnny Three review, and that'll help you make your, your decisions there, because that's still running. Um, myself, I wrote, uh, I wrote the review of The Other Side, which was uh, our guest, Sophia Stoller, from last week, and it's up there too. And I don't toot my own horn, so you know, you can read it if you want. I think you should. Um, and we've got more coming, so much more. Let's just tell you quickly about the shows and stories we're tracking this week because I want to get these this part of the show shorter as we head towards you know the changes starting episode one hundred and one. 
Um, the thing that's really interesting to me right now, there's uh, I put this up in Everything Immersive. I'll put it in the show notes as well. There was a story in The Gothamist this week on a New York City councilman who wants there to be a nightmare um, covering DIY spaces and other venues in New York City. It's an idea he took from Europe. And frankly, I think it sounds like a great, great thing that could of here in New York City and Los Angeles could definitely use something similar. So go check out that article over um, in the show notes. Seattle Rep is has extended Here Lies Love through June 18th. Well, this is the first we're hearing of it, Noah. Yeah, I know it's the first you're hearing of it. Here Lies Love is, uh, is a piece that's been in New York for a long time. It's got this kind of a a nightclub staging. Uh, it's a story about the Philippines and Imelda Marcos uh, and uh, just, just sounds in, insane. Um, and it ran in New York for a long time. It's at Seattle Rep through June 18th. So if they're up there, there's what you've got to do. Orlando, their fringe is coming up. Keep an eye on New Orleans, the beginning. They sent out a really interesting letter to folks uh, inviting them. Um, sounds like they're they're working a type of immersive that uh, that we're well familiar with. So Orlando, you're up. Raindance Film Festival in London is looking for virtual reality submissions. This is a new thing for them. Uh, they drop this information off in Everything Immersive. I will put that in the show notes as well over on the Facebook. Um, Sundance announced their next round of VR labs and, uh, Sashka Unseld, um, who uh, is, was from Pixar and he was at Oculus Story Studio and is just a real innovator in the VR space. He's going to be amongst the mentors. So keep an eye on what's coming out of VR labs, uh, from the new frontier. It's the new frontier labs as a whole, but there's a pretty heavy VR element this time out. So let me not misspeak there. Um, mark your calendars, LA people. Yeah. I'm not forgetting about you. June 1st, No Proscenium is co-hosting with Theater Asylum, the immersive theater kickoff party for The Fringe at the Uptown and Downtown Spaces. More details on that very soon, but um, we're throwing a party. We're throwing a party. Um, it's, 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 look, it's Friday morning. It's been a weird week, but you know I'm excited. I'm just not feeling excited right now. Can I, can I just be a normal human being for a minute? You people demand so much of me. Um... <laughs> you know I love you. Um, this weekend, I'll be checking out Amos at the Bootleg uh, and Interrupted at the 14th Factory, which just popped out of nowhere. If you don't know about the 14th Factory, it's this awesome art installation place. Uh, we interviewed Simon Birch, the creator, and that'll be uh, probably on episode 101, uh, the first of the new. And um, Interrupted is this thing that just, just appeared almost like out of nowhere, but Fun fact, Annie Saunders of Wilderness has devised a piece there, and she's devised it in a section that I was like, that, this, this is where something should happen. And indeed, that's where Annie uh, worked her mojo. So can't miss that. Can't miss Annie working. Um, that's sort of the rule in Los Angeles. If your name is Annie and you make immersive, then you're, you got to go see it. That's just the rule. Saunders and Lesser, both of their works, pretty much unmissable. <laughs> Make it sound sad to us. You can't not see it. Uh, I'm Eeyore, all right? No one knows this. I know I know. I appear to be Tigger, but the truth is I'm Eeyore. I hide it from you people. Actually, the truth is I'm poo because I just want to eat honey all day. Um, episode 100 is coming up. Now I'm talking Winnie the Pooh. It's just, it's the 100 Acre Woods here. Forest, 100 Acre Woods? Someone better correct me on that. And you can do that during episode 100. Um... We've been doing this for two years now. 
which boggles my mind, um, May 8th was our two-year anniversary of the first official episode, as opposed to episode zero, which we did with Annie Saunders, um, which is only available on SoundCloud. It's like our secret mixtape, man. Um, And I've finally figured out what I want to do for episode 100. I figured it out last night because I was like, oh my God, tomorrow I got to record the open and I don't know what I want to do. Um, You are invited to participate in the 100th episode. It's not required. I got a plan. I'm going to talk to some people, get some good good material for us. But if this show um, means something to you, and I'm not saying it has to, uh, you, you don't, I, I really like, I meet you guys out there in the world and, and I'm, I'm just a nerd. I'm just a dork. Some of you have found that out really clearly recently. Um, there, you know, I, there's no great and powerful Oz. There's, there's, there's just, you know, there's this digs, man. Um, and let me tell you, uh, I, I do like, I do like it when you tell me that you listen to the show because it means that the, the job is being done. It's about the mission, right? It's like how Batman likes when justice is delivered. It doesn't even have to be him delivering the justice. Um, like I said, I'm just a dork guys. Uh, you can participate by sending us a voice memo to Noah at noprosinium.com and just, just let us know what the show helped you find. That's what I want to know from y'all. What did you find that you wouldn't have found otherwise? That's the most important thing. Nothing else truly matters. So if you want to tell me that, go for it. Uh, Noah at noprosinium.com. I'll, if we get like two, I'll put them both in. If we get like 20, I'll put some in, um, and you know, maybe dash up the rest on a SoundCloud and, and, and float it into the ether. There you go. Get that to me, um, by next Friday. So I believe the 19th, you've got till Friday, the 19th in the night, 1159 PM to get them to me. Cause I'm working on episode 100 in the next week after that. Now, today's show, Justin Fix and Daniel Montgomery are the engines, if you will, the critical, yeah, there's other, there's Fiona, there's, there's David, there's, there's other people. They're not the only people. I I have to watch out for hyperbole. I'm prone to it too. (laughs) Two. Um, Anyway, I got to talk with Justin and Daniel of Creep LA, a.k.a. Just Fix It Productions, a.k.a. The Willows, which is their new piece. Um, the Willows is, is got, uh, read, if you want like kind of like a, 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 a straight up like what is this thing, read Juliet's review because uh, she gives you a really clear picture of, of what the structure is. Um, what I see The Willows as is on one hand it's this it's this creepy world they've built that kind of just flirts with the uncanny and the strange and these guys are masters of tone um like like 
as much as anything, tone they nail. And this interaction between the audience and performers and finding a way to, to bring that tone out, they do a fantastic job with. This is their rolling of the dice to get a year-round show going up. How they're doing that in a private residence in Mid-City is what this episode's all about, so I don't want to spoil anything else. Check it out. I'll see you on the other side. Who wants to take the job of informing the listening public? Particularly, I would say, well, let's let's start with the Willows, but then maybe kind of balloon it up a little bit, because we haven't had you guys on to talk about Creep or, or, or the rest of the stuff that you do. And given the nature of this show, uh, I think it's important that people who aren't in the L.A. area get kind of a full overview. So that's sort of our mission for the day. But let's start with the Willows. What's, what's the short form... You've cornered someone in a dark alley, and you're trying to give them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. usually how it starts. Yeah, um, in a dark alley. The Willows is um, sort of our modern twist on a murder mystery dinner, um, and that's just the baseline for it. Um, it's a two-hour immersive, weird celebration um, with a family in a sprawling horrifying gorgeous mansion um and it's wild it's a wild ride and and having gotten a chance to see one of the the first dress rehearsals nothing daniel said is hyperbole in fact <laughs> thank you the, o- the only thing i'd probably like quibble with is like murder murder mystery like sets like people like in a certain mind of course mind frame is like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get a character sheet and have to wear like a stupid and it's like no 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 no, 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 no. it's not like that there's the deconstruction <laughs> of that that's out the that's out the that's the closest thing I, we can compare it to i guess yeah for people that don't know what oh, like God, immersive yeah. or interactive theater is that's that's the number one until westworld existed i always had to like <laughs> say like imagine the peter pan ride at disneyland broke down and you crawled outside of it oh. and it was all and the robots were actors, and now I just go, "It's Westworld," but you can't kill or or screw. The, yeah, that's the good. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you two would die. Like every time I try to tell anyone what I'm up to, they're like, "Oh, wasn't that in like the fifth season of Girls?" Like, <laughs> yes, I get that too. Like, I get all that the time. Too. I'm like, "Yeah, kind I'm like, of." It's like, kind yeah, of that. like that's kind of what we're doing. They're like, oh, that's really cool. You know, yeah. it's, it's so fun to really, yeah, we, you know, we throw that word around: immersive theater, interactive theater, site specific, immersion. I don't know. I like to think of it as personalized, too, because there's something about, I think, with our shows, and specifically The Willows, um, depending where you are, (laughs) depending on where you sit at the table, depends on which show you get. So everybody has their own individual experience inside a much larger story. It's like, you know, it's being part of a play. Yeah, just what sort of, what stream or channel are you really going to end up down? Yeah. There's definitely something to that, that darker eyed construction that the the seating arrangement of you know and i noticed i noted this to you guys on on the night of from uh, then she fell it's like the the seat you sit in determines the path you're on yeah and then sort of the glory of that form is that you know you've missed stuff and then you reconvene with your friends afterwards you, you have start going, to well what did you see in this 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 sense of a bigger world and yet at the same time each track if it's working right like gives you everything you could possibly want but you should be wanting a little bit more. And this is sort of the funny thing is like some people, they, they get this sense of FOMO. They, they want to like 
but but how if I don't know what's down the other path? Well, it's like, well, then those are the people who wind up buying tickets and coming back. Yeah, over there's and over re- repeatability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that just creates a great conversation amongst friends at the end of it all, right? Like, oh, yeah. At the end of the day, That's it's, my favorite part. it's all about like sort of sharing like the 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 what with, yeah. with all your friends that yeah. you end up rolling through with. Which is something like we've sort of we miss in the culture now because everything's been pre-discussed on the internet like with the exception of like event television and even then it's being discussed in real time yeah so you don't even have to you don't have to wait till the end of something anymore to get everyone's opinion on it sure but with this stuff you have to because you've been you've been cut off from everyone for a a hot minute yeah there's a certain amount of you know vagueness with the willows in a way because we you know we don't want to give anything away and when you when you sort of enter the experience um the actors sort of treat you as if you already know everything that's going on so it's up to you as the guest to sort of get up to speed dive in a little more you know and i love that yeah you know it's literally you're being immersed you're being thrown into this thing where you don't really know what's going on but everybody's speaking to you like you know the whole story already. Well, and I think what you guys have done really good with that is that it's this, I think, what's the Latin for it? Uh, in medias race, in the middle of things. Um, and it's an exciting way to start a story because it's not like, all right, well, he woke up that morning and went to the store. It's like suddenly it's like, oh, we got we to gotta catch up. And we got to, like, like, who's this and whatnot? And so many people, they feel like, oh, like, but I need to know this stuff going in or, like, how can I not keep up? And I always point, as I do all the time to almost all things, to like Star Wars. When Star Wars starts off, it's like oh, there's yeah. a spaceship chasing another spaceship and they're throwing a bunch of weird names out and like you're just following the action, following yeah, the emotion, yeah. you'll catch up. Within 20 minutes of that film, you know exactly what's going on and you're in for the ride because someone didn't bother to like, I've got to make the case to you that these people are important. It's like, no, they're in trouble. Yeah, no. that's yeah. one of the that's one of the biggest things I think we sort of love the most about how we all work together because it there is a fine line of sort of telling the story and then sort of having to deliver the whole story so people really know the principles and sort of what they're really rolling into but to not really give it all to them yeah you know because i think so many people are like they want you know they want to know they want to know everything about everything (laughs) and you're like yeah but there's a there's a lot more i think there's it's more fun to sort of discover and to adventure and to sort of find for yourself than it is to sort of be hand delivered. Wait till there's a Wikipedia page on it and then people just know ahead of time. (laughs) Justin, how, how would, how would you say, well, for, for the broader listening audience, what is creep and, and creep LA and how did it sort of set the stage for the willows? Um, creep was sort of founded by Daniel and myself, honestly, in 2015 and like a group of like 14 other friends who kind of got together. And we're all theater people. um, And we all are Halloween enthusiasts. And we sort of were looking at each other and I had kind of this crazy idea that I always kind of wanted to do a haunted house, but not your typical haunted house. You know, we wanted to really create more scenes from it and create these little vignettes to make it sort of like dreamlike and a little more art focused, a little art installation, you know, it was, you know, kind of gorilla. It was kind of raw. It was kind of sex and humor. It was like all all the things that we just sort of in, thought embodied the word creep. beautiful trash. Yeah, beautiful trash <laughs> <laughs> that we just thought sort of embodied the word creep. And from that, we had a, a wonderful season where we um, we explored so many different just sort of stories that fell in line with that word. 
And then in 2016, we really, we wanted to use that as a platform really to sort of launch the stories we really wanted to tell. So our second season in 2016 had a little more narrative. We went, we umped, we, you know, we upped our cast, you know, we the upped our storylines, all of it, our set production, everything. We sort of, it's, it's, you know, it's in, it's creep Los Angeles and just fix it productions and all that. It's been in like a very infancy straight stage. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've really been trying to scale season by season, but it's really, it's quite interesting when you have, you know, five weeks to really prove your business model right. in a, in a sort of that spook season that we were talking about that September, October season. It's, it's quite something for you to sort of try to achieve that and say who you want to be as a brand and then go dark for the rest of the nine months. So that's really how sort of the willows blossomed for us. You know, we came out of Creep 2016 and in November and we were itching. Like yeah. we were itching to do stuff. We were ready. And I talked to Daniel and we had sort of this this summer idea. <laughs> we thought we were like, all right, well, we want to do something so- sooner than next Halloween. We want to keep Creep for Halloween, but we want to do something else. Right. Um, and we didn't know what that was at first. And we thought, all right, summer, like summer slasher, something like I know what you did last summer-ish, yeah. something different, something. And summer became spring, became let's just start working on it now and make it happen let's now. Let's just do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it happened really fast. Yeah. Um, we so just, this is what, November you're thinking well, of? You're talking? We, or? A- we it, actually wouldn't. Well, this is Jan- January. Jan- like, yeah, wow. like because January. what we did was, and we did this after Creep 2015. We sort of came together after Creep was over and was like, "What did we learn?" And you know, sat down and and talked about sort of blanket ideas for next year. And it was like, "All right, let's go away and like think about that for a while." And then like the first of the year came and it's like, "All right, I'm good. Like, let's go." Yeah, like, no, we're um, like, okay, we got everything for Creep, but like, but now what are we gonna do? So we had a bunch of ideas, and then Justin really had this idea. Uh, what I said earlier about a modern twist on a murder mystery dinner, something that wasn't as straight up um, horror as Creep. Yeah. You know, Creep really is like our Halloween season sort of show, but we wanted to do something... We wanted to bridge that a little bit. Yeah. And And we still know like the tone and moods, like... I think we're always going to have sort of... It's just innate. That innate, we, that tone. Like that creepiness, creepiness. of course. Yeah. yeah, you know, we love that. That darkness. So yeah. we had this... Like, it's, it's disturbing. It's not It's not about gore. It's about no. being uncomfortable. But it's also... But not... At least the track I was on, it wasn't... It was never physically uncomfortable. It was no. always, like, emotionally uncomfortable. Sure. Like, this is just... There's something wrong going on. Yeah. With that uncanny, like, something's off. And, like, what? Humans are weird. Yeah. Humans are creeps. Yeah. So we wrote this story about this sort of family and... Um, uh, just came up. We had a couple ideas of where we wanted the story to go, and it just sort of came together and within a couple weeks, really. Um, and you know, we it's our it, our dream is to do it year round. You know, how did you find the space though? Like that's the that's that space that's, is that's, always it's the a challenge. Massive, yes, yeah, yeah. house is the time. Yeah, Los Angeles is like the worst for trying to find spaces that allow public assembly and yeah. you know that you can get your permits for and everything. And so we were we were on the hunt. Once we basically we looked at a few properties, and once we sort of walked into like the foyer of the home that we are putting the willows oh, on. Oh, it was like, this we, has got to be it. Yeah, we were like, to, to tell you the truth, we kind of wrote the show based around... We d- we we kind of wrote it based around the house. house. We, yeah. We had an a set idea of the show, but once we... Once we got inside the house, it all, it really sort of came to life. And we were, I was able to sort of map, map it out and write it all out based on 
like you know molding it around the house yeah i think daniel said this to someone i overheard you say it too he's like basically the home is its own character oh like, yeah the home is yeah. its own sort of body to the yeah the bigger well it's got it's it, the dynamics of that space are are it, it doesn't feel like a Los Angeles no. home, yeah. right? You know, yeah. it feels like it belongs somewhere. on the somewhere on the East Coast. You know, maybe maybe in like one of the posher parts of the Midwest. And it's funny because like where you guys are sort of mid city, so it's. Do you know how old that house is? It's like gotta um, be like nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. Oh wow! It's original. That's what they the homeowners did such a beautiful job at restoring. There's a bunch of the rooms like if any of the rooms that were in with like the electricity, like it's all outwired because they didn't want to rip into the the walls oh, and yeah. all like the crown molding and There's stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. There's the dumb waiter in the house. There's like old telephones and yeah. And it used to be an old oh, it was a old um, nun com It was a convent. A convent. Yeah. It was a convent. That reminds me of the fact that like uh, Katy Perry, I think is secured oh, yes. like that that convent that's in over Silver in, in Silver Lake. Oh my god, I want to get my hands on that building. Yeah. Anyway, um there's some there's something about those spaces, partly because like they're usually like relatively well cared for for mm -hmm. long periods of time, but also they're they're designed to let people have their own space, mm -hmm. and so you can really. It's funny because like you know, then she fell. You know, it's the the story there is that it's Kingsland Ward, but that's the rectory of the church that's next door, right? So there are these spaces that were built for religious purposes yeah. that suddenly theater people are repurposing into something strange. It's like the natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much beautiful, like so many beautiful vacant buildings that, like you know, it just we'd love to get our hands onto. But for us, like, and and for the environment, like I don't think we could ever do this. We know we could never put this in a warehouse. You know, if we're oh, yeah. we were used to like just a warehouse space, and we had and to building, do everything yeah, build building up. up. Yeah. And I mean, like coming into this home, like we haul we haul truckloads of props, as you can see, like <laughs> yeah. from what we're sitting amongst into the home. But the home already came with such character. Um, well, and that's the thing, like, the, the home is active, so it, it, I don't know how deep you can get in this, but it, explain it to me, because, like, the the family is, the, the actual family that owns it uses it during the week, and then you guys come in on the weekends, or? Correct. Pre yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. How, how the heck does that we, work? Look, look, we have... <laughs> We have had. I'm not trying to break a spell here, like no. figure out the luck or reverse engineer here. I'm just like, wow. And I would just say it's they're an amazing couple who truly support and believe in what we are doing to sort of take the risk. I yeah. think on what we're doing, you know. Yeah. And we can just be. I mean, we're so so incredibly grateful. I mean, oh, like at the end gosh. of each show, we're like on the Thank floors you. and Thank he's like so washing much. the floors because it's just like <laughs> we owe so much. We yeah. owe so much to them. Um, and we are so thrilled to be able to tell these stories in their home, and we're so grateful that they've kind of provided a natural like home theater for us. You yeah, know? yeah. It's 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 really it it boggled my mind afterwards that 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 was the situation. Uh, not because you guys were doing anything remotely extreme with the space in terms of you know, but just that anyone would have the saint-like patience for dealing with a load-in and a load-out of theater every week of their lives for however long they, they're going to want to do that. Yeah. Um, hopefully a very long hopefully time. Hopefully a very long time. <laughs> hopefully well, all year round. On, yeah. On so, yeah, on so many levels. Because, like, that's... Maybe we were saying at the top of the show, maybe we were saying before, that's the problem with talking before the show, 
um, having having there be the ambition is to have it be year round. Having a year round piece in in LA is so critical to the expansion of of the scene here because there's something about having an anchor piece that you can always point particularly people from out of town to and say like oh well while you're in town mm-hmm. get a ticket for and then you know catch what else is going around so like it's a cold right yeah catch <laughs> it. Like different flus and there's been so many people who i know have been going for that yeah and um you know and i don't think we're going to be the only ones to like really be trying to make this step Oh, like no. towards that, you know, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot to follow. Yeah. So, but we knew it was a sort of a, probably a, not a critical time, but it was something that we knew that we needed, we needed to kind of get our doors open Yeah. to really sort of help, you know, propel this thing. What, how do you prepare for something like this when you don't necessarily have access to the space all the time? Um and 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 craft a, a show that's that's got this many kind of twists and turns in terms of the tracks. That's that's a real challenge. Um, you know, we do have sort of limited access to the house because it's a home. Uh, so we had some dense, fast, and furious rehearsals. You know, our actors are dedicated and um, flexible and incredible, and we did our best to literally map out everything ahead of time. We had some rehearsals um, in a space that's obviously nowhere near the size of the house, but um, a room basically where we did a mini map of the house and we did a couple run-throughs, you know, and we would like have a piece of paper that says like kitchen and upstairs bedroom, you know, and to give the actors at least a sense for their bodies, like which directions they would be going into. And once we got into the space, it was like, Boom, boom, boom. It was intense. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, and we were there, you know, it, it's not like, it was like 8 a.m. to midnight, like, oh, wow. cr- for us at least, yeah. but, um, and we have crazy. only, yeah, we've only been in the, the one, the sort of one of the preview dresses that you saw, like, we, that was our, only our third day in the home. Yeah. That, you know, I yeah, and like it's, it's I crazy. did not yeah, I, and yeah. it didn't it didn't read like it was third day. It re- read like it was like two or three weeks into the process. Oh, that's nice. Like without without doubt, um, like I was, and, and it's I try not to you know blow smoke or anything. That that I was seriously like, wow, this is feeling polished already. And we okay. work and we work really fast. Like we yeah. you know we like you know when you're sort of on the on this side of it, you know, with our Fiona and everyone, we're on this side of stuff that we we sort of walk in and it's like all right here we go and like that cast is like literally <laughs> it's well, like camp it it's is like it is well let's, know, t- let's talk about the conservatory cast. let's talk about the cast in, in, in a second where does that skill set come from to like move that way is, is this a is this a film crew sort of trained group you or know, like, I, what is it I, I think it's to me it fe- when we're in rehearsal it feels like theater school to me 100 mm. percent. and you know a lot of our actors and ourselves included are you know theatrically trained and so we <laughs> theatrically trained and especially our performance director Fiona she has and one of our other artistic artistic directors she has a lot of experience um directing and in theater but also in like a haunt environment and although i don't think we classify the willows as a haunt no um you know we even like to think of it as like a nice introduction for people who have never been to an immersive theater event before just sort of like ease into it and then like go full tilt by the end of it but um all of the actors you know casting is so important 
and we have some people that we've worked with in the past that are just we always say down for the cause <laughs> and, and get it and, and get it and, and you know and I, and I think it I genuinely think it is like theater training you know like mm. good solid like work ethic and like theater training and feels like s- summer stock theater like we're putting on a show in two days like here we go and everybody knows that yeah and I don't think we've I mean in all the shows that we've ever done just because of limited resources I will say we've always put up things fast you know either yes. going into a space you know our for our warehouses you know we'd be in there for a two month sort of deal well three weeks or four weeks of that has been a majority of the build mm. so then we would only generally rehearse like two and a half weeks and really try to put a you know we're talking about a 75 minute to now we're talking about a two hour show that you really try to fill this space like yeah we hammer through it yeah, we hammer through it, and this was, I think, our our first big attempt. Like, we have a full, you know, our, we have a full script. Like, we have yeah, but we even have a first act, an intermission, a second act. I know as an audience member, you don't see that, but as far as our frame of the show goes, <laughs> it is sort of it is based off that. So we basically could attack act one, and then we'd break, and we'd basically run act one until we sort of like everyone had it in their body, and then we move to act two, and then so on. When when building that way. Some of the scenes are revolve around interacting between the performers and the audience, or even the audience with each other. How? What's your approach to constructing scenes like that as opposed to scenes that are more about the characters pushing forward their storylines? Well, we sort of have uh, writing the show was a, ch- was a fun but a big challenge, and I end up to r- all of r- it writing the show. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and. Um, it it's it's tricky. I one of the reasons why I love immersive theater is is it, there's a balance between you know you have the actors have their lines and their marks and their cues, but then there also ha- you also have to allow for flexibility with whatever audience you get. You know, so we have sort of in the script sort of key bullet points that the actors need. You know, they have a full script, but need to hit. And you know what's the important stuff that needs to needs to be said, but there's also a wealth of information if the audience is is quiet or things are taking longer than than I don't know something happens. They have stuff that they can fall back on. So it is sort of a. We always say there's like there's eighty percent of the show is then laid out to our actors on paper. Yes, and twenty percent is up to us, and then writing all backstory inside side story and relationships and memories and like that's the other 20 percent and that's what they sort of bring so yeah they have you know they have this this full script but if you know if a a guest wants to ask that actor a question they have like a bag of stuff of memories and um life history and stuff that they can pull out of you know what we were really focusing on doing is you know, everybody eventually goes on their own separate, just some people just by themselves, some people with a, a smaller group, but the group splits up. Um, that's no surprise um, at some point. And it was important for us that every sort of track um, was exciting and different, but also gave, and you mentioned this earlier, I think, but gave the, gives the same, same amount of information. Mm. So by the end of the show, they may, everybody may not have gotten the exact same information, but they have each been given by different characters, pieces of the puzzle 
that they can put together. So we, when we were mapping out where everybody goes in like certain directions, Fiona actually made a, 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 like an Excel spreadsheet of every five minutes of where every character is, where every guest is, and in which room in the house. And we track, we, each guest has a number. We're giving, we're giving all these secrets. Yeah. <laughs> but each guest has a number, and so we were like, where's two at this point, where's nine at this point? There is and so much management on it's crazy. aside from like us as sort of operators, mm -hmm. as far as actors knowing where they're supposed to be, but then having a complete understanding of where our guest flow is. Oh yeah. So making sure that that guest is on a great, like, a great channel that's you know going to lead them here to there and to intersect with here and I mean in, in so many ways like I, I always come back on this stuff and think about well not always like lately I've been thinking in terms of you know the it, it's it's not just about directing the performers but it's about directing the audience as well and having that sense of like okay well, you know what's the blocking on this 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 guest mm -hmm. you know where are they going what's what motivates them to get across this room and how do you, you do know? that naturally and yeah authentically that's, that's something i like think heart hurting crowds yeah, yeah. We, i think we that i think that was probably our biggest challenge at first when we started you know creep one, one of the challenges at first of is a natural flow of show in a way that doesn't feel like we never wanted it to feel like anything like Halloween Horror Nights is great, but, you know, feel like you're in a conga line, like, waiting, you know, waiting your turn in this long line of people. Yeah. You know, and so you're just moving to the next room because that's what we have to do, and then we're going to get scared in this room, and then you move to this room, and you get scared in this room. We wanted to... That trained us so well for the Willows because we already basically knew yes. timing yeah. and how to handle guests so, from that sort of Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now we have, especially with a, you know, more of a, a narrative story um, or like a linear story, it there's so many more motivations and reasons why the characters need to go to certain places and bring guests along with them, you know. And sometimes for the actors, we say, you know, this is your this is your house. You know, people are coming here for a celebration, so treat the guests like they're literally your guests at a party, you know? So if you're like, if you want somebody to move into another room to come with, you know, how would you do that? Like, yeah. at a party. Let's go get some drinks in the kitchen. Let's go get some drinks. You yeah. know, if something happens in another room, it's just, we've worked really hard to make sure it at least feels like a natural sort of flow, and each character has a different way of sort of bringing people with them or guiding people to where they need to go that fits their character. What got you started making this insane kind of work? Because it it's not it's not normal yet. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's there's so there's inside this world we get excited about how much variety of work there is, and we talk about this show and that show and that show and that show, and then in the outside world people are like, what? Huh? Where? I think I saw that on Girls, or wasn't that on Gossip Girl? Was yeah. that the same show on both? Yes, it was. You know, like, what lured you in to this form? I will tell you straight out the gate. To me, it was the lack of work that was available to me as, like, an actor living in Los Angeles. Like, that was, that was the spearhead for me. Because, you know, I've been out here for 10 years, and, you know, everyone on our team, like, Daniel just was a guest star on Jane the Virgin, like like every like everyone's doing the thing. But you know those are two day two great days on set, and then you're sort of we just have ba boundless, boundless creative energy. We do, mm, and we do. Justin specifically, I think both of us really, and Fiona too, everybody in our team, frankly. But Justin is like um, 
it never never stops and uh, you know oh, if you're not creating you're dying you know there's right. that sort of like mindset <laughs> yeah. and you know both of us i think really like um living in extremes so you know it's, it was literally the question of why not you know we kind of did creep in a way to like it was on Justin's bucket list but like let's see let's see if this works and it worked and it was so much fun and we had a moment there was such a huge reaction to that show like there was there was like I I, I kicked myself for not seeing it because people were like oh wow and it was just like it was weird in this and like and, and Juliet was like explaining it to me and I was like oh okay that sounds that sounds fascinating so like the the next year I was like okay I gotta I gotta check this out well we definitely had like a specific tone I think for our show and we just wanted to do something I don't know. I always think of, like, I, I've said this before, but, uh, like, wouldn't it be crazy if this, like, if there was a show where this happened? Mm. And then it's like, well, why not? Let's like, do it. Let's do it. And yeah. we had uh, we had a moment after Creep is Over on Halloween night where it hit us, I think, at the very, after our last show, where we're like, oh, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, we're not, I'm not going to stop at any point. You yeah. know, it's like an addiction almost. And yeah, and I was You know, we're just like, oh, I love it. And we saw I, saw, I saw great stuff in the UK and in New York. And, you know, I saw the, the quote unquote trend that was happening. And I was like, what, wh- where is this work in Los Angeles? You know, and I know, I know there was stuff hitting the market like five years ago. And, you know, we owe a lot to like the blackouts of the world and the John Bravers of the world who really is sort of started pumping the market. Um, but I think that's what's great for this whole sort of community that is trying to tell this work. Like we're all telling different stories. We're all sort of connecting differently um, and reaching our audience differently. And that is thrilling to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, Creep was such a great door for us, I think, to get our feet wet and to sort of garner an audience, let's say, yeah. of sort of the stories we like to tell, for then us to be so thankful that we could open up, you know, a show in the spring. It was so clear in the 2016 piece that the, the potential was really there to go into this form. Because the the lounge you had set up was, and one of the actors in the lounge was is one of the actors in the Willows in the rotation that I saw, because you've got multiple casts going mm-hmm. on. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I could I could stay in this space for a long time and just sort of like investigate the mood here and and see what kind of trouble I can get into with these characters. And then I was like, okay, now it's time to 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 go in. And the opening scene, once you were inside, uh, maybe one of the more unnerving things that I had I had encountered in in a while. Like I was actively getting like, okay, this is this is going somewhere like weird. Um just just waiting for someone to do something. Uh, and then it didn't happen. I was like, oh kind of relief. But then it fits you on that edge and then you're on that edge for for a long time yeah, afterwards. Yeah, we love the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put your audience in because I feel like they just pay attention more. You know, when the audience oh, is yeah. sort of unnerved and on edge and like, whether there be fear or whether there be discomfort or it I feel it makes people sort of you know alert and like a little more present yeah and i think the people who are more present sort of start to really participate more and then Mm. just be creates a great environment for both our performers and for the audience to sort of you know co-create and and back to your point about kind of like the lack of work like there's something there's something about la as difficult as the land thing is and it's it's funny because in the first year of doing the podcast we were pretty convinced that 
you know, the land thing was actually a great advantage because there's so much empty space, mm. so many vacant buildings, so many warehouses, so many houses that are not being used. And then you run smack dab into like every landlord who's sitting there going like, oh, I'm going to get my payday when like, you know, Scandal's going to come here. It's like Scandal doesn't even shoot here. You know, mm. but that's what mm-hmm. they're, they're counting on. But that wealth, the depth of talent on the acting side there's so many good and and on the, the people are hungry uh, yeah and on the yeah. design side such an amazing amazing designers i mean like yes new york's fantastic in in terms of you know how dense it is and how it can really sustain a scene i think easier than los angeles can but there's there's so much hunger here there's so much desire to to get work there's so up much and running. talent and there's, there's so, so much, much talent. talent and yeah. you know that is probably one of the hardest things too like us trying to sort of pop up a live event space, live performance space in a very sort of film and commercial based, you know, it's like you're going against the odds. You're going against studio money, right? You're going yeah. against you. So it's, you know, it is a challenge, but I think the more, um, the more people see it, I think the more people will learn to appreciate it and the more people will want, like really desire it. I have a whole vision when it comes to like, on the talent pool side, because that's something like a lot of, I'll talk to friends and they'll be, you film and television actors and they say things like, well, I'd I'd love to be in a play, but you know, I might get called up for law and order, you know, S six one nine four four two one or whatever the the new version of of special McDonald's unit. And they, (laughs) they, they say like, I don't want to commit. And because they're professionals they are like, I don't want to commit to a show and then have to bail out to go do a Verizon commercial because a Verizon commercial is going to pay my mortgage for the next six months. Yeah. Get that. And Oh yeah. I get it. And Yet the, the the lovely thing about the immersive form, particularly because you break the audience down in component parts, and it's more about what the performer is doing with the audience often than it is about what they're doing with other performers, is that here's something that's better than a waiting gig for actors to be involved in and keep themselves sharp. And, and this yeah. shows like this work you harder oh, yeah. than any stage. Oh, like, yeah. Well, and and there's this there's like it's like the, it's a medium shot. It's a medium shot the entire time. Yes, you're, you're so you're, you're exactly on. right. Um, and it requires this level of skill. Like you can't be doing broad, stagey stuff, 100%. but you also can't just be like an actor who acts with their face mm-hmm. alone because that neither of those will read properly. And we always say you too. You always need, you need to be such a damn good like people person, mm. like people who do this, like to be able to have a conversation, look a person in the eyes. Like that's your one, like in the audition room, we're like, oh, let's just see if they come in and just look us all in the eyes. Because mm. you just know it's like people yeah. engage differently, right? And you just know it's something special when people can have a conversation and really truly look people in the eyes. Because a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. We did a big thing like for Creep when we were doing the study, like the on your one, we were like, we, there was literally a thing that the Today Show just came out with. And it was like, how long... Uh, how long can you look at a person in the eyes until it creeps them out? And guess what it was? 30 seconds. Two seconds. Two seconds? Can you imagine? Like, that's two. how we've gotten as a society. Like, I can't look you in the eyes for more than two, <laughs> two seconds. You're like, oh, no, he's he's a creep. I can, wow. Or like like a stranger in the eyes for a little. Yeah. yeah. No, that, is, that is definitely, yeah, walking down like the street. a stranger, street. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that's, yeah, the, the, you make eye contact with someone you don't know, and it's, suddenly you're like, "What's going on?" It's like, "Is this the person I'm supposed to marry?" Right? You know? Yeah. And it's like, "No, those just it was three seconds." It was, I always had, and I was terrible at it when I was like a teenager, right? And even the stage, I remember one of my friends, she was like, "Oh, like look me in the eye when we're on stage, right?" Because it's like it's so 
uncomfortable on one level. And then also sometimes, you know, there's the whole, like, I'm going to go into my brain and, like, what am I trying to remember? And you see you see the text in front of you or something as you catch the thought, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but they're, they're, the wonder of immersive is, like, on the, on the, um, on the audience side is like it's an excuse to move past the two seconds. Yeah. It's permission to not be who you are in the street. Yeah, like right? a passive audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's so free. Uh, for me, I think it's so freeing almost, you know? It's yeah. this weird controlled chaos of intimacy. And to give, and to give the audience to um, a reason to sort of, besides by, Besides from like transporting them into the space, but giving people some like allowing them to like move throughout the space too, I think creates another layer oh, on top of this whole sort of involvement. Traversal's hugely important, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard sometimes for me to really get into a show if there isn't a traversal element to mm-hmm. it, uh, or or pronouncement, or if the traversal element isn't thought through. Like, because that's one of the beautiful potentials of the form is this idea that the story exists within space. Yeah. And that the journey you're on is an actual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I can still remember, I mean, f- you know, there's there's the wandering around in Sleep No More, but like the, the tracking and the pathways and then she fell um, is is so critical. And there's this one beautiful moment for me, like I was on a track that kept me from seeing Alice for like the first half or two-thirds even but the first time I caught a glimpse of her she was just like running from one room to another like down a path of stairs and I'm passing by and like well, the, the girl where's the and then off to the next thing yeah. and it's like it's like Tolkien's distant mountains it's like but there's something going on over there and like that's the person we're supposed to be and it's like nope 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 you got another 10-15 minutes before yeah. you get to find yep. out what's going on down yeah. there but you will don't worry we always don't talk worry. about perspective in our shows oh of, that's important of you know there's certain moments in the show where everybody almost everybody sees the same thing at a certain time and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> we always want to make sure that um, we think about all the different possible perspectives for that moment you know and I think that does, I think what you were just describing happens probably a couple times in the Willows where, you know, you sort of see other people going different places, you know, and then you end up going someplace that they didn't get to go. But, you know, there's moments when everybody comes together at certain points and it is, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, symphony? Yeah, it's like a merry-go-round. Yeah, something. something. I'll sometimes talk about it as being like prismatic, right? Like there's like, there's there's a single beam of light, there's a single thing that's going on, but he hits the prism and breaks yes. up and he's going to There you go. There that's, you go. There. That, yeah. Thank that, you for doing that. That's, my, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the analogy. That's that what I we got to, yeah, that's what we were looking for. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but, and, well, and, and, and there's something, and the reason why I go there is that I think it, it says something about our world, right? It says something about uh, I was thinking about this earlier today um, in that one of the things I was thinking about sort of all the ARG stuff that's going on and and back when I was studying some of the transmedia stuff, you know, there was a lot of talk there about, you know, the transmedia is like how the internet tells a story, right? So some of the early ARG stuff was the thing they did for uh, Spielberg's AI. That was one of the very first ones. Mm. And they were exploring, well, how do you tell a story with the internet? You have all these different ways to go you've got 
text messages and emails, and you can put a file up, or you can hide something in a website. You know, you can, oh, people geocache, so we can hide something in an actual place and have a location. And all this stuff is at play, but the, the fundamental question was, how does the internet, how would you tell a story on and with the internet? And what that brings with it is the very thing we were talking about when it's like, oh, everyone gets a piece of the puzzle and then comes together and talks about it, right? Is that our world is made up of all these tiny little instances and stories. And no one person has overwatch over everything that's going on. And people get really unnerved in that because we're coming out of this long tradition of like singular linear narrative and this idea that there is a, there's an authority, that there's, that, that, you know, I mean, I'm old enough that like, you know, at least for a little bit of my life, Walter Cronkite was on the news or enough that that was like the standards. Like, oh, Cronkite's on the news. And then it's like, it's Brokaw. You know, it's like someone's going to say, and that's the way it is. And that's what it was. And the Internet destroyed that utterly. And now we're in this like panic because there's no central narrative. But this this way of telling stories says, oh, yeah, there's there is no central there's a thing that happened but you it's it's you know it's rashomon effect times a thousand it's like everyone's not watching rashomon unfold you're inside rashomon you're you're getting a piece of it and you've got to decide together what's really going on that's life yeah everyone basically says like so what's the story and there's like oh there's there's a story like the willows there's 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 a story story. oh yeah but just you know we have 18 guests that come in you know, we do the show twice a night, so that's what I am off of it. Like thirty six people, yes. thirty six people roll. I'm, I'm like the, the worst. worst. Yeah. And there's like thirty six people coming <laughs> gotcha. through, and at the end of the day, that th- there's literally just those are thirty six stories a night. Yeah, because no one's gonna grasp that overlining, you know, big story because we're not spelling it out for them, right? They're yeah. not getting playbill and getting a little synopsis and be like, <laughs> oh, this is what you achieve. This is what you're going to be achieving tonight on stage. The playbill guy is not going to be happening. You know, it's not going to be happening. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to, but it's, you know, these 38 people are going to walk away and have 36. their own 36 <laughs> people. Are he just wants to make some more money. Why are you standing? Added, okay, we're adding two more. All right. That's great. I'll make a note of that. We'll have two more seats. We'll have one seat at 7 o'clock, one at 9 30. Great. Go, go, go to Goodwill and buy one more seat. Great. Perfect. Great. Show's evolving, guys. The show is yeah. evolving. You know, it is. It's a, li- Every day. It's a living, breathing it's a thing. Living. The family is growing. <laughs> Baby makes 17? No. 19. It would be 19. 19. I'm not, see, I just, I subtracted one. So Whatever. Like, yeah, I know. It's all. No, that, that's me. My, I'm bad at math, yeah. too. So, don't worry. And I do the ticketing. How bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, my. How, how, how are the sales going, if I may be so bold? Things are awesome, Los Angeles. Thank you, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you, people from Oregon who have bought tickets and people from Miami who have, like, bought tickets. Like, it's crazy, right? So the way our ticketing, and this is so, like, insider information, but the way our ticketing platform comes in, it's basically I can see where all the tickets are being purchased from, like, oh, nice. sort of states. And, like, we we released tickets for this May 18th, 19th, and the 20th, 
and we have a subscription-based platform. So if you go to creepla.com and you basically sign up for our mailer, you will be you will be able to receive first dibs on the tickets. Yeah, that you'll we be release. emailed when tickets are available. Available. And so we only we only do a couple, really only a couple weekends, and more than a couple, but a month in advance usually. Yeah, that's the way it's kind of worked out. But it's we, like a French laundry situation. One hundred percent. Yeah. So we um we released we decided on to lock we locked our dates down eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth of May, and we mailed them out. And like I swear to you, we I was like calling Daniel in yeah. tears. In two hours, we sold out all of our shows. Oh, nice. And then we were like, oh, oh. Well, we we got to we got to do, do the, let's we do the next weekend. We got to try to do let's next put up week. the next weekend now. Yeah, so we did we did the same. We released uh, the twentieth, uh, the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and uh, honest to God, the same thing happened again. Yeah. Were you were you actually surprised? Because I mean, I mean, part of it is that this is this is one of the more one of the pricier shows that's been through town. Not not the priciest, not. not I don't want to say not by a long shot, but like it's definitely you know it's 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 just above three figures, and the the elasticity here in town is not what is in New York because this is a this is like the same price you'd pay for Then She Fell or, or Sleeping mm, More, like yeah. On a, so it's and you're at you're in the Then She Fell dynamic of you know the ratio of performer to actor is really high, yeah. And but were you were you surprised that people were like oh sure, and jump in or or were you like or did you have a kind of a sense going like oh no 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 we've we've got this here. I, I, I honestly, had, I didn't know. We didn't know. I just wasn't sure. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, I'm confident in our show for sure. But I don't know. I didn't, I just didn't know. I was like, I don't know if anybody will be interested or understand, like, what the what it even is or what, if they would want to come. So. Especially to a person like you. It's like, I'm, I needed to create the newsletter so people could know about this stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, we, we are so, we are so grateful and uh, so thankful and appreciative to have garn whatever brought like made fans or like had people buy tickets for creep that i think um for us i think it was as far as a a team we're just so proud that people have reacted and responded to the type of stories we're trying to choose and and choose to tell Mm. and i think i i i mean i hope i think that's a majority where our ticket sales came from yeah you know is that people just who were like naturally like oh the people behind Creep are going to do another story. Like, let's see what they're up to. Well, and there, there's such a, you know, L.A. is Halloween town. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it, if it could be Halloween around here year-round, it, it would be. Yeah. You know, yeah. it pretty much, it, I mean, let's be honest, it pretty much is. It, 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 is. Right? it is if you it want is. it to be. Yeah. I was just at DragCon. I swear it was Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, not because a lot of, of the, all the queens, but a, just because of, a I was lot like, of, great, you are a... A lot of the Halloween kids. Yes. A lot of the Halloween kids were there. Because yeah. they, because it speaks that, you know, the DragCon speaks to them because of that aspect, that aspect of, like, you know, finding your true self through the application of the costume of Lanaka, right? Like there's something, there, there's something magical about that conceit. You know, it's like every, and every actor knows it. You know, it's like I sometimes I'll think about like Orson Welles talking about like I never I never got good at doing my own makeup, and it was years later that I became sort of somewhat obsessed with Welles, and found out that like from a young age he knew how to like you know do a whole prosthetic on his face if he needed to, and I was like, damn it, that's what was missing from my repertoire was that I couldn't just like apply the nose or like get the scar going on on myself. Um, I don't know how that popped up, but no, no uh, back Halloween year round. So there was a hunger. There's yes, like a clear hunger, and they just, just right. always, always wanting, and you've managed to tap into that. And what's beautiful is that people come here year round looking for that. I mean, right? We're the entertain entertainment capital of the world, right? Yeah. Like, thanks Universal for giving us that, you know, 
Oh yeah. So I mean, I I think I think in you know, and I say to everyone, I say to the team all the time, I'm like, we are so blessed that we live in Los Angeles because I feel, you know, only I think in like New York and there's only a few cities in the world that I think you know we can kind of get away with this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's been the interesting thing about watching the scene grow, you know, beyond the borders of like the big two and starting to like starting to, like kind of people laying seeds and, and sprouting. And and some of those spaces, like, they have different problems than ours, but, like, maybe, like, the space, the land thing is, like, easy on them. And so I can start the talks I was having with people, like, a year ago. They're like, we're going to Detroit because we can get, like, you know, we can get a city block for $5. Not entirely true, but that was sort of the vibe was, like, yeah. oh, we can just take over space and go crazy with it. And so I think some people are planning that sort of I stuff. I mean, what's that show that's going on in Santa Fe? Oh, Meow Wolf. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, look, and that's look like those, a, look at those guys. They are incredible, yeah. and they've just taken on so much. Yeah. No, and that's like, that's, and that's just, I mean, the funny thing there, that's an art installation, and it's like a platform, right? Mm-hmm. So they've built a venue. And that's the thing I'm talking about with people all the time is like, all right, how do we, you know, how do we build the venues? And the venues become platforms, right? You know, like what makes Sleep No More work is that they've got the McKittrick. And that thing is, you know, it's it's got sleep no more going on. It's got the bar. It's got the, the restaurant. The rooftop. The rooftop. It, yeah. They can do a second show in the bar if they want to. And so they have. So, like, for a couple of months there, it was, like, two shows were running, the sleep no more, and then the Prudentia Heart thing. And there you go. You've built, like, a, an amu- a small amusement park. Yeah. And that's what people are starting to do. That's what Meow Wolf is. There's, there's all As this. As adults, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. You know, like an adult playground, yeah. kind of. Well, and, like, I mean, this is something everyone on the show knows all harp on. It's like, you know, it, screens used to be our escape. Like, I remember, you know, if we gave my first, you know, computer. And it's like, I can escape into the Internet. And now all I want to ever do is escape from the Internet. Sure. Just please get me away from this thing that I was so excited about for, like, the entire time I was coming up and now it's just like all, uh, why am I zombie on my phone? It's one o'clock in the morning. Like I need to put this phone down. I've already spent an hour on it today. You know, um, (laughs) how, how are you approaching getting creep up on its feet this year and keeping the willows running? There's your hard question for the, (laughs) 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 apparently I've, I've hit a, I've hit a nerve. Um, Um, we're figuring it out. You know, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of ideas. We just have so many ideas, um, in general, not specifically. I, and we know the direction we think we want to go for, for creep if it happens this year. Um, you know, we are so excited by the idea of having something that's, that's year round, like Mm -hmm. the willows that can sort of like sustain us and like continue to run. Um, and thematically, you know, if, if the willows was, was was what was standing up during the haunt season, there'd be there'd be no incongruity there, right? Oh, you sure, yeah. like abs- absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, again, again, I think no matter what time of year, that's where we'll skew because that's just like what's inside of us. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and and I'm I we were just joking the other day about making the willows halloweeny around ha- i don't know how but you know tweaking a <laughs> yeah. little bit well, to like the haunted, it's like taking the haunted mansion and doing like kind of, yeah, halloween yeah. Yeah. you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna make the willows but we're gonna make it nightmare before christmas yes. <laughs> instead, of dinner, <laughs> instead of dinner you come and you like carve jack-o'-lanterns yes. table, you know um, you know how many people would actually pay a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> you just you may wreck the show but mm. you will make a lot you shorten the show down to a half an hour Perfect. and you know just you just get, get, get 18 people through every half hour 19. Let's Make do it. Char- charge them like 80 bucks. Here we go. Yeah. You know? and you're right. 19. Got that sure, extra seat. Yeah. You know? We have that extra one, seat. One for Elijah or something like um, that. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, we want to make we want to we we want to have a Halloween. You know, we want to bring creep back for season three. Yeah. You know, it's so important for us, and we are we are such a small team. You know, we are we are a small team, and we you know we play so many roles like on, in the Willow side. So I think our goal is to probably run the Willows up till October. And if if creeps on its feet, then maybe you know we'll go dark in October, so we can sort of put a light on creep again. Um, and if not, then we'll you know keep pushing through the willows. But like again, it always comes back to location. Yeah, that is, yeah. that's that's the that's our location. And we hate and we hate to even we hate to even talk about it. But I think the more we've talked about it, is more of us being like. We need a location. Anyone who knows anyone who has a great location, please email us at hello <laughs> at creepla.com. You know, like it's, we have looked at like six spaces in the city right now. And um, we're, the hunt's the hunt's still on, you know. Yeah. There's, there's, something needs to be done. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know how much of it is help from the city. Like what's been nice is that the DCA is starting starting the DCA is taking this seriously I know that for a fact uh, at least the performing arts division and the other and and they're championing this stuff to the other divisions um, and making that case and and I was at uh, they did a town hall for the theater community yeah, on Monday on Monday yeah wait that was Last yeah, Monday. Oh, Monday. I was like, Monday. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, how like, long? Right right yeah, last Monday. Yeah, last Monday. Oh yeah. God, God, thank God, thank God. I'm like, no, this <laughs> week is it's not the end of the week already. No, where did the time go? There's already a new building, the skyline. I'm from a different dimension. What's going on? <laughs> Mandela effect. Look it up. Um, but the um, there was there was what was heartening about that was that so many of the the normal theater communities problems are mirroring what our problems are, permitting huge one both just on space permitting and on like you know like getting a bar up and it was so nice to hear someone i mean and i don't mean nice in like uh oh i'm glad it's happening to them too but but hearing someone from celebration theater which oh, is yeah like, i'm a member at oh, celebration okay so it was it was, so it, was it was michael um who, who was talking we have, we have many michaels okay um i'm sure it's either michael shepherd or michael it was michael shepherd yeah it was michael shepherd okay so it was michael shepherd talking yes we are dealing with that right now yeah and and hear him talk about like the the alcohol permit and celebration's been there for 25 years and that you know someone like you know, Cole Rosner of Play Arts was sitting right next to him on that panel. And like, she was the one who brought it up. And then Michael tagged on it. And I'm like, this is great. We have common ground. We have something we can all like fight for together. The hunger for a theater festival that uh, is even, you know, even, you know, more than just the fringe. And the fringe is, as everyone knows from the listings, like it's exploded this year for immersive and it's it's grown year and year over year like into eight years but it was also interesting to look at that panel and some of the people there it's like they hadn't heard of the fringe and 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 it's like and there was this talk about amongst the theater folks that like oh they need to start talking to each other and like realize that they're actually a community with each other and i'm like that's what the immersive community we've started doing for like the past couple of years we've been weaving in and out and people have been seeing each other's shows and making connections and drawing folks in and drawing folks in so that there's this you know shared knowledge because something like the permits 
no one company is going to break that. Something like making the case for the land use to these landlords who are like, oh, but I just want to wait for my big payday and not seeing what the value of unlocking their spaces. Dealing with the developers who are like, well, how do I get, you know, how do we get couples for, for the ages of 26 to 38 to like come through my uh, my new mall development in the arts district? And it's like, it ain't going to be by putting the same six stores that are five blocks away. You need something else. You need us. Mm-hmm. And no single show is going to be able to make that nope. case. They, I mean, building and safety has probably, over the years, been seen more and more people coming in and applying for permits and permits and permits. And I know it's on the radar, but they have no grasp yeah. on, and they don't know how to, I think what's so challenging the city, they don't know how to identify us and tag us. Yeah. You know, like, they really are locking us down because we're not, like, gallery openings and we're not ghost tours. We're not, but we're not public. They don't yeah. know how to, they don't know how to label us. Yeah. And it's something that they don't have control over. And I just. I, There's one bit of good news in that, in that they had, they had one of the, the BOS people there. Uh, and he was talking about how, and, and this is in response to something Cole asked about per, that kind of permitting, the safety permitting. And apparently they're working on, everyone in New York just tuned out. Uh, apparently they're working, it's like, oh, he's talking fucking permits. And then I cursed. <laughs> West Coast. I um, you, you don't you don't know how like you guys have it rough, but you kind of don't know how lucky you have it. Um, so just 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 laugh at us. Just trust me. Just just sit here and laugh every time I open my mouth for the next twenty seconds. Um, the web series may save us because mm-hmm. they've got a new permitting structure for what they call low impact productions. Oh, that they're pilot testing right now. And if that works out for them the way they want it to, they may be able to transfer some of their learnings over to that. Now we're talking city bureaucratic timescales here, so we may be talking like, you know, yes. 12 years from now, yeah. mm-hmm. but there are other forces at play. There are things that are of value. Uh, there are city council members who really are friends of this of the theater community as a whole, and so much of the energy here is around this stuff that there's there's a real chance that this year we can make a case for moving things along faster. Yeah, I hope so. I think the arts are so important. I, I, you know, everyone knows that. But yeah, yeah I just we all every we you know we all just want to keep making this work happen. Oh yeah, and doing it. So I just would hope for the blessings from anyone we can to keep it keep it going. And because our community, you know, all of us who are such fans and 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 fans of all each other's work, like we're all behind it. We're all behind each other. Yeah. So it's like, how do we get to that point where we can all sort of rise and start achieving what we really want to start producing and doing? We're going to do it. I have faith. And 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 this is cheesy to say, but like what you guys are standing up and and the longevity I hope to see is is a is a significant step forward for us. So thank you guys thank for you. taking thank that you. risk and putting it forward. Thank you. So how do they uh, how do they uh, set up to meet the willows? You can meet the family by visiting creepla.com and signing up for that mailer. Um, we will be releasing all June performance dates um, after May 15th. So you go on there and uh, you can book your tickets for June. So you heard it there. And I think this should air like right before, yeah, like right before that weekend. Yes. So I think maybe the 15th is, that's a Monday. I think this comes out on the Friday right before that. So you've right. got this weekend to get on the list. Yes. Meet the family, you guys. Come home. Come home. home Please sweet come home. home. <laughs> <laughs>
Once again, I want to thank Justin Fix and Daniel Montgomery for being our guests on the show today. You can find their work at creepla.com. If you want tickets to the Willows, pretty much the smart thing to do is sign up there and they put a notice out when the tickets go on sale. Uh, as they noted, um, the June tickets are going up very, very soon. And uh, you're going to want to get in on that if you're here in L.A. Or if you're coming in from out of town and want to get a taste of what L.A. Immersive is about, The Willows is a good choice for that. Music for this episode, as always, is by the sublime Chris Porter. Hi, Chris. Are you at work right now? Or are you writing something? Um, These are only two things that Chris Porter is allowed to do. He's allowed to be at work. He's allowed to be writing something. Or he's allowed to be making music for me. Um... (laughs) I really wish I didn't make myself laugh on the show all that often. Um, how do you get a hold of us and tell us to stop this crazy thing? Nopersinium.com is the hub for all we do. At Nopersinium on Twitter, at Noah J. Nelson. If for some reason you like uh, comic books, Star Wars, or the occasional little political rant, uh, that's where you find me. Uh, Noah at nopersinium.com is where you email us tips and tricks and whatnot. It's how you get involved in our Slack channel, which I never promote, which I probably should. Everything Immersive is the Facebook group, which is just blowing up continuously. Uh, Everythingimmersive.com currently leads you there. What, what? Um, Patreon. We need that money, y'all. Patreon.com slash no proscenium. Do not be shy with those dollars. Uh, mostly because I want to pay people subway tokens. Um, medium.com slash no dash proscenium is where you find all the reviews. And don't worry, we're figuring something out. There's changes are coming. Woot woot, the change train. Oh god, why did I just do that? Stumptown Coffee is our unofficial sponsor. <laughs> It's why I'm so bubbly uh, early on a Friday. And um, yeah, I'm going to be out there in the world doing shows. Uh, Well, seeing shows, doing shows. Oh, God, that'd be terrifying. But it's the kind of terror I got to face sooner or later. You know that sooner or later I'm going to have to like do a show, right? I mean, this is inevitable. I don't know why I'm admitting this to you right now. Mostly because most of you have turned it off, you know, like, so this is confession time. Confession time with Noah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be making something. I have to. I mean, you can't. And and I'm not saying like you know I'm making something, sell you guys tickets. I'll probably just make it like in my apartment and then like invite like 16 people over uh, to you know experience how bad I can be at these things. But um, I shouldn't be making promises that I'm now going to have to keep. Damn it. Um, here's all you need to know. Episode 100 is coming. I'd love to hear about what you discovered because of the show. That makes me happier than anything else. And uh, let everyone know. Uh, that's that. This is this. Amos, 14th Factory Interrupted. Hopefully you're going to get out there and see some shows. Maybe you're seeing Johnny. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're getting to go to the Willows. Maybe you got a ticket to the Nest. If you're here in Los Angeles, maybe you're seeing Here. Maybe you're seeing Here Lies Love. We love to hear about that. I mean, don't hesitate to tell me that you like the show. Um, maybe we'll do some stuff in the new format. You know what? In the new format, let's keep that open. If you really love the show, tell me about it. I want to put that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Making this up as I go along. That's how it works. And, uh, those giant openings of the show, totally different. Totally different. Gonna try and cut them down. They're too long. I know it. But there's so much to tell you. All right. On that note. 
my apologia. Next week on the show, Brian Bishop, Zay Amesbury. We're talking the big eye. It's a great episode. It's a long one. It's philosophical. It's a favorite already. It's episode 99 of No Presidium. And then beyond that, the future. Until then, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>